All right, thank you everybody for coming. I really appreciate it. And of course, this week it's uh, it's a double whammy because the rain, the uh, the weather is not easy, and I appreciate it very much that it came out in the rain. And if you're tuning in online, I appreciate that as well. And Adra, Lafum Tsara Agra, so when you come out in the rain, so not only is it uh, giving chizik to everybody, but also it gives you extra schar because mm-hmm. it's Mesiris Nefesh. So, uh, really appreciate it. Well, Bezos Hashem to Parshas Kisavoy, and the Parsha starts off with the Mitzvah of Bikurim, and from there it continues with the Indian of Vidu Maestras. And then it goes on to discuss the klal, the brachas that Klal Yisrael will get if they follow the Torah and the mitzvahs. And then we have the Teichacha, which is the klalis that Chas Shalom Klal Yisrael gets, all the horrible mm-hmm. things that can happen if Chalila Klal Yisrael doesn't follow the Torah. And after a long list of klalis, so the Torah says, After a long list of klalas, so the Torah says, very interesting pasuk. Actually, in the middle, in the middle of the Techacha. fascinating pasuk. They're going through a whole list of very, very severe punishments that Klal Yisrael is going to suffer for not following the Torah. Says the Torah, why is this going to happen to you? Tachas asheloyavadetas Hashem aleikecha. Because you didn't serve Hashem with happiness and goodness when you had an abundance. So that's why you're going to get punishments. And we have to understand, obviously this teaches us that serving Hashem with Simcha is a tremendous mitzvah. If you look in the the Sefer HaMitzvahs of the Rambam, or the Sefer HaChinuch, or really any of the other Mayna mitzvahs, all the Rishonim who, who go through all the Tariq mitzvahs and they have a list, compilation of the Tariq mitzvahs, so the mitzvah of Simcha isn't there. There's no mitzvah in the Torah to be besimcha. Reb Nachman tells us, mitzvah gedoy is besimcha tamid, but it says chiddush. Nowhere in the Torah is there mention that it's a mitzvah to be besimcha. We have to understand it. If it's so severe that if you don't serve Hashem, with Simcha, you get all these punishments, these, these horrible punishments of the Teichacha, then it should be listed as one of the mitzvahs in the Torah. And talking about Simcha, what exactly is Simcha? What's the definition? And the most importantly, how can, we get, how can we achieve Simcha? It's not an easy thing. So how do we get it? We mentioned that the parasha starts off with the mitzvah of Bikurim. Now how does this work? How does the mitzvah of Bikurim work? So anybody who's a farmer in Eretz Yisrael in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, so, anybody who was a farmer in the time of the Beis Hamikdash, so every year there comes the time where the uh, fruits start to ripen. So, anybody who has any of the Shiva Saminim, he goes out into his field and he sees, oh, it's starting to ripen, the fruit are starting to grow out and they're starting to look good. He goes, and he picks one that starts to ripen, and he ties on it like a uh, a rubber a rubber a rubber um, thread, 
And he says, this is going to be Bikurim. And he does it with any of the crops that he has, if it's from the Shiva Saminim, regardless of what it is, whether it's wheat or barley or, uh, or grapes or olives, any of the Shiva Saminim, he ties the rope around it. He consecrates it for, uh, for uh, Hegdash. And, um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and then, once it's ripe, so what he does is, he, uh, he takes the fruit off, that one fruit that he chose, he puts it in a basket, and whether it's one fruit or it's a bunch of fruit that he has in his field, whatever he has, it's from the Shiva Saminim, it's time now to take it to the base of Migdash. And this is something that happened every single year. And now, if you look in the Rambam, in the Hilchish Bikurim, so he describes how this process works. Very, very interesting. All the towns, it wasn't like everybody goes up on a random day, no. All the towns would gather in a certain area. All the towns together, they would gather. They would decide on a day that all the farmers from that area, they were going to go to Yerushalayim together. They all get together because of B'Revam Hadras Melech. And they start walking towards Yerushalayim. And as the Rambam explains, there's an ox, and they put on the ox, they glaze the, the ox's horns with gold. And he's like at the front. On top of it, they put a crown of olive branches to show the chashivas of the Shiva Saminim. And they have a flute playing before them until they manage to get close to Yerushalayim. And as they're going, they're singing from Tehillim, Samachti Ba'imim Li Hashem Neilich. It's a whole big mime, a whole big celebration. As they go close to Yerushalayim, so they send messengers into the city to tell them that they're coming. And then at that point, they prepare the baskets, they, they, they make them look very nice, the fruits that are the most ripened, they put on top, they make the baskets very beautiful, and then the Kayhanim and the leaders of Yerushalayim, they come out to greet them, and if it's a lot of people, then more people come. Everybody goes into Yerushalayim, and then they start to sing, And then, everybody in Yerushalayim closes their businesses. Imagine, you know, you walk through the Shuk. All the stores are closed. And everybody comes out to greet those people who are coming to the Bikurim. And they greet them, they say, Wherever you're coming from, And they go through Yerushalayim until they reach the Harabayas. And there's the whole entire time there's music and singing. And when they reach the Harabayas, they say hallelujah, and then they bring it to the Azar, and then each person goes and he gives his basket to the Kayan. And if you look here in the Psukim, so it describes what happens, what does he say when he reaches the base of English in the Kayan? The famous Psukim that we know. He said, Baruch Hu, I came to the land that you gave us. And then, We go through the history of Klal Yisrael, starting with Lovan Harami, who tried to destroy Klal Yisrael. And after that, we came down to Mitzrayim. And now the Mitzrayim, they afflicted us. And Klal Yisrael grew. And we cried out to the Abishter. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us out of Mitzrayim. And he brought us all the way to Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Zavas Chalavud and he concludes with And you, you, you end with saying, Now I brought the first fruit of my crop to Yuakarishbarakhovishtachavisa. So it's a huge mime that we're familiar with these psukim because these psukim are, of course, the foundation of the Agadashil Pesach. 
So uh, when Chazal put together the Agad of Pesach, so they took these few psukim discussing the history of Klal Yisrael, and they condensed it, and based on that they darshaned all the uh, drushes of the Agada. So this is really a very, very big and a very, very fascinating maimad, an event that really was really was very, very impressive. And as we know from the Agada, there's a concept of maschah b'gnus u'mesayim b'shvach. You start off by saying all the negative things that happened to Klai Yisrael, how first we started off as Eiv De'Avay and then Avram Avinu started, and then Yitzchak, and then Yaakov. And we have to understand, you know, so this is such a, a tremendous event. So impressive. And if you look in Chazal, so there's a drasha. The first pasuk in the Torah, B'Reishas Bar Elikim, say Chazal, B'Shvil Reishas, B'Shvil Bikurim, Shenikru Reishas, Nivra Ha'olam. Bikurim, I call the Reishas, the beginning, V'Lokachtam Reishas. For the sake of Bikurim, that's why HaKadosh Baruch created the world. So what is so unique about Bikurim that it's... It takes up such a strong place in the Torah. It's so important that it has this huge event with so many people coming and, and, and the Kaihanim and the Yisraelim and the whole Yerushalayim shuts down and you say all these psukim and Kaddish Baruch and the Chazal say Kaddish Baruch created the world just for this sake. What is it about Bikurim that it's so such a special mitzvah that it takes up such a big place? So if we look in Rashi, he gives us a clue. When Rashi says, when the Pasuk says, you come to the Kayan and you say to him, You say to the Kayan, I, I want to tell you that I came to Eretz Yisrael. Says Rashi, Why do you say this? That you're not a Kafui Toiv, you're not an ingrate, you're not someone who doesn't appreciate the gifts that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you. No. You have a Kharas HaToiv to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You want to show your you want to acknowledge the gifts that he gives you, and that is what the foundation of this mitzvah is. To show our appreciation, our akarasatoiv to Akadish Baruch Hu for the gifts that he gives us in life. And the Bali Musa explain that the highlight of a person's year is when he gets that uh, he gets that bonus, when he gets that uh, that raise in his salary. And if you're a farmer, so the highlight of the year is when you're harvesting and you're finally collecting all the fruit that you worked on so hard. And so says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at this time, at the highlight of the year, the happiest time, you want to gather in all the fruit that you, that, you, uh, that you grew, remember that everything that you have is a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He doesn't owe you anything. He's giving you gifts. And you have to realize that and you have to thank Him for everything that you have. And so Bikurim is such a big mitzvah because it's... A time that we acknowledge that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you don't owe us anything. And every single thing that I have is a 100% kindness and the chesed of the Rabbi Nishalaylam. We have food to put on the table, that's a gift of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so we say HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're not kfuyay toivu, we're not ingrates. We realize that this is your world and you can decide what you want to give to who. Thank you Hashem for giving me the fruit in my field so I can survive. And it's interesting, in the Sefer Haredim, he lists this mitzvah, of that it's a mitzvah say to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the gifts that He gives us in our life and not to complain when things don't go our way and as Chazal say very famously on the Pesachal a person has to acknowledge that every single breath that you take every single step that you make is all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and it's His bracha and we have to acknowledge it and appreciate it and that's what 
Bikurim is all about. And if we're able to do that, to show our appreciation to the Rebbeinah Shalom, then that brings a Kodesh And he in turn, he says, okay, you appreciate my gifts, I'm going to shower you with even more gifts. And as the Pesach continues, When we have this appreciation that nobody owes us anything, and everything is a gift from a Kodesh Baruch Hu, then that, that leads us to Simcha. Because we understand that whatever I have, whether it's everything is great, or almost everything is great, it's all a gift. And when you're getting gifts, you can't complain. When you're getting gifts, you're happy. There's a beautiful story with Rav Schwab in the last decade of his life, so he lost uh, his ability to, to walk. And he was confined to a wheelchair. And that entire time, that it was the last 10 years of his life, he was always his regular happy self. And at one point, his, his grandson said to him, Zadie, I don't understand. It doesn't bother you that you can't walk anymore? You have to be wheeled around wherever you go? So he says, let me tell you something. Imagine someone gives you a million dollars as a loan. He says to you here, you can use this money, do with it whatever you want. You can invest it. You can spend it. Don't worry. After 70 years, he says to you, hey, you know that money I lend you? Can you give me back $100,000? So are you going to be upset at that person? No. You're going to say, thank you so much for the loan. And thank you so much for allowing me to keep 900000 And I understand 100% if you want 100000 back. Everything that you gave me wasn't mine. It was yours. It was a gift. So Kodesh Baruch Hu gave me life. And he gave me the ability to walk. He gave me the ability to talk. He gave me everything that I needed in my life to raise a family and health and so forth. And now, as I'm an old man, he says, okay, that one thing, the ability to walk, I'm taking back. I should have tainus on him? No, of course not. Everything is a gift. And for everything that I have, I'm appreciative. And that Yisait of Hakara Satayv is what could lead to Simcha. Now today, of course, we don't have Bikurim because there's no Beis HaMikdash. But Chazal, they knew that there's going to come a time that there's no Beis HaMikdash. And actually, and so they decided that we got to find another way to make sure that people are going to be Besimcha, that they're going to remember the kindness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they're going to remember not to be Kriya And so they made out Takana. Chayav Adam Levarech Mea Brachas Every single day a person has to make 100 Brachas. And what is the, what's, the, what's the foundation? What's the idea behind these 100 brachas? So you think about it. You'll wake up in the morning and you say, Baruch Hu, but thank you that I can go to, the, to, to, the, to Shul to Davin. Or thank you that I could Davin, whether, even if it's not in Shul, even if it's in the house. Thank you that I'm a Yid. Thank you for not making me a guy who his whole life is just Gashmias and I'm able to connect with you. Thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that I have eyes that can see. Thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that I have clothing to wear. Thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that I have shoes on my feet. Thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that I'm awake. How many people didn't wake up in the morning? And I did. And as you go through the day, whether it's, uh, it's uh, brachas on eating food, and you're grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the ability to do that, or whether it's brachas for doing mitzvahs, and you're grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the ability to do that, Chazal say constantly, always thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the more you do it, and of course the more you think about what you're doing, then you're going to start developing appreciation in HaKadosh Baruch Hu type to the Rebbeinu Shalalem, and that is going to be your key to lead to happiness. Of course, it's very easy, though, as everything else, any other mitzvah, is to become to take, start taking things by road and not to think about what we're saying. And that's something that everybody struggles with. And Baruch Hashem, today there's a beautiful movement called the Thank You Hashem movement. Everybody knows about it. Everybody's seen the, the bumper stickers and, uh, and the song. But this movement was founded by Yachsid Hashem from Muncie. His name is Ari Berkowitz. And he had gone through different events in his life, and, and he came to this realization 
that it's really important to always thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, definitely for the good things, and even when things aren't going good, but that leads you to remember that even if not everything is good, but it used to be good, or for the, whatever it is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge and He knows what's best, and so thank you Hashem for everything in your life, and, and that movement has been growing. Today he has over 30,000 people on his WhatsApp groups who uh, read different messages, people post things about different chasadim that happened to them. It could be something as simple as, you know, I, I found a parking spot just when I needed it. Or it could be something more severe. You know, I went through a, a health scare, and thank you, Hashem, the Baruch Hashem, I came out, and everything is okay. But the point is, for people to stop and to think, and to concentrate on the chasadim that Kodesh Baruch Hu does for us every single day, and to thank Him for that. And the more you do it, the more you get used to thinking, and that leads to more happiness. And there's a beautiful story by one of the people who are involved in this group, a chassidah sheyid by the name of uh, Usher Yoyna Horowitz. He's the son of the Spinker Rebbe from Williamsburg. A real chassidah sheyid, lives in Monroe. And he tells over this fascinating story. So he got, he got involved with this uh, Thank You Hashem organization. And um, he's one of their leaders. A few years ago, he had to go to Cleveland. One of his children was unfortunately not well. And he had to do surgery in the hospital there. The child was released from the hospital. It's uh, Friday morning. It's in the summer, so it's a very long Friday. And, and uh, he leaves the hospital. He says, okay, now, now what am I going to do? He didn't want to stay in Cleveland for Shabbos. So he said the best thing is to catch a flight back to New York. <laughs> it's just a couple hours, maybe even less. Not a problem. He checks, though, online, and he sees that uh, there, there's no flights that morning leaving to New York. So he says the only other thing he can think about is to go rent a car, and to drive. It's a seven-hour drive, but there was plenty of time to do it. And then he remembers that he, this fellow, he has a minug every single day. He says, thank you, Hashem, for 72 things. He does this every single morning. Why 72? 72 is the minion chesed. It's gematria chesed. So he, th- he thinks of 72 chesed that Kodesh Baruch Hu does to him, and he says, thank you, Hashem, every single day for those 72 things. And he tells his wife, you know, one second, before we drive to the airport, you know, we take a cab to the airport, uh, I have to thank Hashem. I have to go through this routine, this daily routine. His wife says, what do you mean? Uh, come on, we're, we're in a rush here. You know, we have to get back to the airport on Shabbos. He says, no, this is my thing. He goes off to the side. It takes him about 10 minutes. Thank you, Hashem, for 72 things. He comes back. He calls an Uber. Happens to be that he has a smartphone. Uh, even though he's even though he's a Rebbe Shainical because he he's also somewhat of a therapist, so I guess that he, he uses it for work. Anyway, he goes to the uh, he calls an Uber from the hospital to the airport. The driver comes and he says to him, "Okay, I want to go to the airport, but not to the terminal. Take me to the car rental." He says, "Where where are you, where are you driving to?" He says, "I have to drive to upstate New York." So the uh, Uber driver says, uh, "He says, listen, you don't have to rent a car. I'll drive you there." He says, thank you very much. That's very nice of you to offer, but I can't afford an Uber to New York. (laughs) That's probably going to cost a good few hundred dollars. So the driver, who's a guy, whom we never met in his life, says to him, listen to me. All I need you to do is pay for the tolls. And I'm going to drive you for free. Now, obviously he was suspicious. It didn't make any sense. What does this guy want? Maybe maybe he has some, uh, some, uh, he's an anti-Semite. Maybe he he wants to hurt me. Who knows? He calls his father the Spinker Rebbe. He tells him the whole story. And his father says to him, this is a gift from Shemayim. Go ahead and take the car. He says to the driver, okay, no problem, let's start driving. 
and uh, he opens up his own uh, his own ways on his on his phone just to trace the uh, just to make sure that the driver's not doing any funny shtick. But after a few hours, he says he fell asleep. He wakes up about five hours later, and they're almost by upstate New York. And to make a long story short, he drops him off where he had to go. He paid him the, the it was like $70 for the tolls. He said goodbye. And that was it. He was there with plenty of time to spare before Shabbos, and even had a time, even had a chance to rest, so he, so he wasn't tired. He says, look at this. Why in the world would a guy, a stranger, drive seven hours all the way from Cleveland to upstate New York for nothing? How do we explain it? And the answer was, there is no explanation. But the way he understood it is that because he thanked HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he went out of his way to acknowledge the chassad of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem said, you're thanking me, you appreciate me, I'm going to shower you with even more bracha. And that is the idea over here of HaKaras HaToyv and thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And now let's go back to our question. Why isn't the mitzvah of Simcha mentioned in the Torah? So, let's think about a marshal. You start a new job, and you get to work, and you're there early. And the, uh, the boss says to you, you know, because you came early to work today, here's a check for a million dollars. So what? He says, yes, absolutely. And, and, and that same day, the first day that you started, you stay a little bit late. And the boss says to you, here's another million dollars for staying late. And not only that, because you came early before everybody else, so I'm giving you a million dollars for each employee that came after you. Now, do the math. After a year of working in this place, you're a billionaire. So, do you have to tell this person to be happy? No. It's automatic. You have this kind of a job. Of course you're going to be happy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to us, if you come to Shul and you're from the Asara Rishonim, you're getting the Sechar of everybody. And if you stay late, you're also getting Sechar. And the Sechar is infinite. It's endless. It's much more than a million dollars. So how can we not be B'Simcha when we have the opportunity to do so many mitzvahs? We have this gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we can keep on gaining schar, and the schar is limitless. Of course we're going to be happy. Of course we're going to be besimcha. Chavaz Chaim says, imagine someone has an appointment with a king, with a prime minister, with a president. And he goes over to him, and he talks to the king, and the king writes down the conversation. He, he enjoys it. He transcribes it, and he keeps it for posterity. So, after you leave that audience, you're going to be amazed, and you're going to say, can you believe it? The king himself, the president of the United States himself, enjoyed my meeting and he wrote down our conversation and he took note of it. It's going to make you feel amazing and it's something that you're going to remember your entire life. Says the Chavetz Chaim. When a person does a mitzvah, Chazal tell us, it's written down upstairs in Shemaim. HaKadosh Baruch himself transcribed it. If you sit down to learn, who are you studying with? If you have a Chavrusa, that's good. But regardless if there is a Chavrusa or not, HaKadosh Baruch is Yoshev Kinegda and he's joining you when you're learning. The Malach Malachem Lochem himself is with you. Not only that, but there's a Zayar that says that every single night, <coughs> the Malach Gavriel announces in Shemayim the mitzvahs that every single person did that day. So can you imagine? This is much more than meeting with the president. This is in Shemayim. Nitzchias, every single mitzvah that we do is up there, it's announced up there. And after 120, <laughs> we're going to get the covet and the honor and the sechar for all the mitzvahs that we do. And so, if we appreciate that, then there's no need to tell us to be besimcha. Of course you're going to be besimcha. You're not a billionaire, you're a trillionaire. 
you get so much sechar and so much honor and so much covet from the Rebbeinah Shalaylam, then obviously you're going to be besimcha, and that's why the Torah doesn't have to say it, because if we appreciate the mitzvahs that we do, and we understand how much nachas ruach brings the Eibishter, and we understand how much sechar we're going to get, that automatically is going to lead to simcha. But at the same time we know that it's not always easy. And especially when we have circumstances that are pressing, circumstances that are challenging, and there's a lot going on and everybody has their issues, and we have different moods that we're in. So how can we assure that we're going to be besimcha? So here's an etza that I read. We tend to think that the events that happen to us are what causes our moods. But the reality is no. It's not what's happening outside of us. But really, it's inside. The way we think, that is what causes our emotions to follow. So if we think about things in a negative way, then our emotions are going to be negative. And if we think about things in a positive way, then our emotions are going to be positive. And I read a very interesting story, <coughs> a very interesting book. It's called From Storm to Tranqu- Tranquility. It's written by a firm lady who lives in London. And she, she describes her, her life story. Uh, she grew up in a chesidish home, a very wealthy home, a very warm home. And she got married. And after having a few kids, so one of her children that was born was uh, severely autistic. And it was challenging, but she said, okay, listen, because Baruch Hu has his plans, has his, uh, has his reasons. Life goes on. The next child that, she, that was born was even more severe delayed. Also autistic and also lots of issues. And at that point, she couldn't take it. And she says, I don't know what you want from me. But shortly after that, her parents, who she was very close to, passed away one after the other. And at the same time, the parnos on the house was very bad. And with everything happening around her, she collapsed. And she fell into a very deep depression. She couldn't function. The way she describes it, she was in bed 21 hours a day. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a very pleasant situation. <laughs> and her husband took her to doctors, to therapists, to psychiatrists, psychologists. They tried many different things. Finally, the doctor said, listen, there's one thing, and this is the last thing that I can think is going to work for you. Something called electromagnetic therapy, where you put the person's brain in shock, and that makes the person kind of like forget all their experiences, all the negative experiences, and they're sort of, so to speak, reborn anew, <coughs> and then their, their emotions uh, come back, hopefully. Of course, it's not a very safe thing to do, because sometimes a person can lose his memory also in the process. But they felt there's no choice. She's not functioning. What's she going to do? But before, the day before she was going to go through that procedure, she called Rebetzin Torsky uh, from Milwaukee. And Rebetzin said to her, listen, before you do this, there's something else I, wanna, I want you to try. There's this lady in London, she has this method, it's called innate health, and without going into detail, go and meet with her. She goes over to this lady's house, and she comes out of there after a few hours, a different person. What happened? What she was taught by this, by this lady was, you don't have to acknowledge, and you don't have to say, just because I have a thought, or even just because I have an emotion, it doesn't mean that it's real, it doesn't mean that's reality, I can choose to think differently. So, you know, the uh, immediate reaction that a person has if something bad happens is, oh yeah, everything's terrible, and he's going to be in a bad mood. But if you stop for a second and you say, who said, maybe there's a plan, 
Maybe HaKadosh Baruch Hu has his reasons. And maybe there's a reason for this too. And maybe something good is going to come out of it. So maybe I don't have to feel bad. We can decide in our mind how we want to feel. And if we're able to do that, then that can change everything. Then no matter how difficult life circumstances are, but if our thoughts are positive and we don't allow any negative thoughts to influence our emotions, then everything is going to be okay. And slowly that lady changed and she wrote this book, which definitely brought a lot of chizik to many people. And it's so interesting if you think about it, the oisiyas of bisimcha is the same oisiyas as machshava. It's all in our thinking. If we're able to think in a way that we're trying to keep away, keep out the negative thoughts, then that is going to affect our moods as well. And that's going to lead us into simcha. And therefore, with that in mind, here we see in the Torah how important it is to, to do Avaydas Hashem with simcha. And we see at the beginning of the parsha, and in general, how simcha is such a, a, an important concept to have, definitely in Avaydas Hashem, but throughout our life as well, even if, even if we're not uh, necessarily not, not engaged in, in any type of Avaydas Hashem, just being besimcha because that is the proper attitude to have, to realize that everything HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us is a gift, and to remember that it's all up to us, the way we think about things, that is going to be the way we feel about things as well. And this certainly is a great hachana for Yom Nairan. Because we think, Elul, we have this wonderful gift of Anila Daidi who says to us, come close to me and I'm going to bring you close. And that in and of itself is a tremendous gift that we have this opportunity to do tshuva and that can cause us to do simcha. And as the Bali Musars say, when you have simcha, so then definitely you can do tshuva in a much better way. <coughs> and I just want to conclude with a beautiful story. The Pesach Kron tells over the story. Now it's there's an organization known as Israel. It's seen a very well-known organization which deals with children who are sick and their families and it helps them. The uh, founder and the director of the organization, his name is Hanania Chalak. And in his capacity as the director, so he often meets with donors who come to visit Eretz Yisrael from other countries. So he has a meeting with a, uh, a donor, a gvir, in a certain hotel in Yerushalayim. And a very pleasant meeting, a very pleasant conversation. And Rabbi Chalak says to him, after the meeting, he says, you know, you know it's, 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 it's evening, it's a beautiful evening. Come, I'm going to drive you now to the Kaisal. It's beautiful, let's go to the Kaisal Dav Mayrev. So they go together. And as they approach the kaisal, they see a very interesting thing. There's a man, a firm man, Chassidashi, is standing by the kaisal. And he's screaming, and he's crying, mamish like shreklach, at the top of his lungs. And they look at each other, and Rabbi Chalak says to the man, he says, obviously this guy's going through a crisis. So he says, it's Baruch Hashem, it's Bashar, that we're both here. Because I got the, uh, the medical connections, you have the money, let's approach him. And we'll say, okay, whatever it is that you need, whether it's financial support, whether it's medical assistance, we're going to help you. Okay? They wait a few minutes, the man finishes davening, and they go over to him. And they say, is everything okay? Is there any way we can help you? He says, no, everything is, is fine. Everything is great. But here, you know, this, this is who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm the head of Ezer Mitzion. You know, I have connections in the medical field. Maybe somebody's sick. It's Chasvashal, nobody's sick. He says, and here, this is my friend. He's a well-known Gavir. Maybe you need some financial support. He says, no, Baruch Hashem, I'm making it. I'm good. He said, well, what are you talking about? You, you were just screaming and crying here at the top of your lungs for the last half hour. We saw it. What do you mean everything is good? He says, you don't understand. He says, Baruch Hashem, Baruch gave me ten children. Last night, I married off my tenth and youngest child. 
tonight, I came to say thank you to HaKadosh Baruch That's HaKar Satoiv. That's what it means to appreciate the gifts that we have. And that's what it means to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu through this mitzvah of HaKar Satoiv, which leads to Simcha. The Ebesh help all of us, that we should be Zoyichetaka to fulfill this Indian of to Oyved Hashem B'Simcha. And to follow what Nachman tells us, and as the Sfarim say, through Simcha, you could be Yaitse, you could leave all the Tzaras behind. We should all be given with a year of Simcha and Nachas for all of us. Amen. Amen.